and I welcome you to What's New. We move on today in Acts chapter 19 to verses 23 through 27. On our previous study, we saw that the gospel was making great inroads, not only in the city of Ephesus, but throughout the entire province of Asia. Luke tells us that Paul was now planning to return to Greece and from there move on to Rome. In fact, he had already sent Timothy and Erastus on ahead to Greece while he remained in the province of Asia a little longer. Now we come to verse 23 and to the beginning of Luke's account of the riot in Ephesus. He writes as follows, But about that time a big blow-up developed in Ephesus concerning the Christians. It began with Demetrius, a silversmith who employed many craftsmen to manufacture silver shrines of the Greek goddess Diana. He called a meeting of his men together with others employed in the related trades and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, this business is our income. As you know so well from what you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many, many people that handmade gods aren't gods at all. As a result, our sales volume is going down. And this trend is evident not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I am not only talking about the business aspects of this situation and our loss of income, but also of the possibility that the temple of the great goddess Diana will lose its influence, and that Diana, this magnificent goddess, worshipped not only throughout this part of Turkey, but all around the world, will be forgotten. The Temple of Diana was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and people came from far and wide just to view it. So the purchase of silver shrines and images produced a lucrative business for the craftsmen. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Just when Paul was ready to leave Ephesus, the city exploded. Here is how it is reported by the historian and medical doctor Luke in Acts chapter 19. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way, as Christianity was called. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in no little business for the craftsmen. 
He called them together along with the workmen in related trades and said, Men, you know we receive a good income from this business, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the whole world. She will be robbed of her divine majesty. The gospel's effect upon the city seemed to be disastrous for business. The city's economy was dependent upon the income for the city that the temple of Artemis raised. The harbor was silting up with sand brought down by the Caister River, and ship traffic was becoming continually more difficult. The city was depending on the trade the temple generated. Demetrius was the president of the Guild of Silversmiths. These craftsmen made small replicas of the goddess Artemis in her niche. These were purchased by worshippers and used for worship in the temple. They were either left there or taken to their homes as charms, amulets, and souvenirs. Demetrius called the guild members together and surfaced two issues, which should serve to turn them all against Paul, his companions in the gospel. The first issue was the one I just mentioned, economics. No doubt Demetrius himself employed many. The livelihood of all was affected. Not only were the sales of their product reduced, but the related industries to the temple also suffered. There were those Ephesians who sold lodging and food. Worshippers came from all over the world to take part in the cult of Artemis. So Demetrius appealed to the pocketbook. I suppose there may have been people who made their living in some such way by the temple who were not worshippers of Artemis. They may have responded, if I don't make the images, someone else will. Or, if I don't sell rooms and meals, someone else will. This is common in our day, too. There are those who reason just that way. The use of a certain product may be displeasing to the Lord, but if I don't sell or promote it, someone else will. That never justifies involvement with it. Making a living that way is never pleasing to the Lord. Furthermore, the temple was also the treasury, the bank, where individuals, businesses, cities would deposit funds. All of this was being placed in jeopardy by the gospel. So the first reason to get rid of Paul was economics, money. The gospel was affecting their businesses and their income. Second, Demetrius appealed to religion. Perhaps there were those whom the economic motive didn't reach. Surely religion would. Paul was speaking against their primary goddess, whom the whole of the province of Asia and whom the whole civilized world worshipped, according to Demetrius. This was a doctrinal issue. Theology was involved. Paul was teaching that man-made gods were no gods at all. Paul denied the existence of divinities made with human hands. That was heresy. Furthermore, he condemned the making of representations of deities in visible form. And to top it all, Paul challenged the preeminence of the goddess Artemis herself. 
So here were two powerful motives that should rally everyone against Paul, his companions in the gospel. Evidently, the silversmiths, who had heard Demetrius, poured out into the main street. As they made their way down, the group grew. The people walked down the marble-paved so-called Arcadian Way, which is the main street of Ephesus. According to an inscription, the street at night was lit with lamps. It is lined with shops and other buildings. At the end of the street and to the right, some 1,700 feet from the harbor, was the theater. It was evidently here that the crowd gathered. The theater has been excavated. It was an exciting experience to sit in those bleachers and look down on the stage and remember Acts 19 and this incident. In fact, the day we were there, our leader read Acts 19, and we sat there and imagined the riot against the gospel and its bearers. Evidently, the theater was reconstructed about the time of Paul. One writer imagines the workmen looking up from their work as the crowd poured in and chanting began. This was all the more meaningful as we sat there some years ago, the workmen were reconstructing the stage, and they stopped work while we heard Acts 19 read from the Bible. The theater could accommodate about 24 to 2,500 spectators. The theater and the Arcadian Way were decorated with the most magnificent statues. It must have been beautiful in Paul's day, but it was all dedicated to the fertility goddess Artemis or Diana. But Paul was there and was letting the world know that the answers were not in gods made with hands, but in Jesus Christ, God in human flesh.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 840H, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.